Good morning and Happy New Year. My name is Daniel and I'm the pastor here at Plaza and just want to thank you for joining us today and this first Sunday of the new year. If you're just checking in with us, hey, welcome and what an awesome decision you made to start the new year off in worship, carving out some time, even online, digitally, it's still a great decision. Uh, in fact, if it is your very first time here, as you've uh, been encouraged to earlier in the service, feel free to text us. Uh, you can text the word CONNECT uh, to 757-239-3993. Again, that's the word CONNECT uh, if it's your very first time here. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, we won't spam you. just gives us an opportunity to text you. You can go right to our office and uh, that, that message will come right to us. Uh, also, if you have a prayer request, you can type the word pray to that same number. And I'd uh, love for you to share a prayer request with us. And um, you may notice we still have some uh, Christmas decor up here. Uh, that's because technically uh, it's still within the 12 days of Christmas. I don't know if you realize that, uh, but the um, Three Kings Day or the Epiphany happens on January 6th, I believe. And uh, so listen, Continue to celebrate these last couple of days of the new year, but continue to celebrate Christmas. However you do that, that'd be awesome. But we wanted to keep it up. I don't know. Maybe some of us will keep it up till February. <laughs> it's been that kind of year. And, um, and I think we're all just holding on to whatever glimpses of light and hope we can. And so uh, I hope you got your Bibles ready as Mike read the scripture for us just a moment ago. Uh, if you don't, Please grab one. I'd love for you to grab a paper Bible if you have one. John 15 is where we're going to be. Starting a new series today. Um, every month, every year rather, in the month of January, we start this series called Abide. And this year we put a little twist on it called This is the Way. This is the way. We're going to be John 15, and we're going to be talking about abiding. What does abiding mean? Now, before we get into what does abiding mean, uh, we're going to talk about this phrase, this is the way. And you may be familiar or may have heard of this TV show called The Mandalorian. It's a Star Wars spinoff. Here's a picture of um, uh, two Mandalorians, um, one from the current show and one in the green from the older Star Wars uh, movie. And, um, and we're just going to leave it right there on that slide, and we'll, we'll come back. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, what this show is about, um, at least in the current series. The Mandalorian is a great warrior, and they have this code of life that they uh, have to live by. And oftentimes they'll repeat the code or certain rules that they have. And, um, and, and whenever they come across those rules with other Mandalorians, they will say, this is the way. And they'll all kind of repeat that. It becomes a mantra throughout the series. This is the way. This is the way. And, um, and so the, the next picture I want to show you is uh, kind of, again, the, the current series here where the Mandalorian is uh, finding this child that we all call Baby Yoda. And he's sort of uh, uh, determined to protect this child from all the villains of the universe that want to get him and all this sort of stuff. And, um, and so the Mandalorian, basically the whole TV show is about the Mandalorian protecting this Baby Yoda character um, and trying to find uh, some Jedi that will train him and take care of him. So he has to fight off all kinds of people, and he's in this uh, sort of protectorate role. But the reason he's in this protectorate role is because of this Mandalorian code that he has to live by. Uh, and again, uh, there's a number of different rules, and for any Star Wars buffs out there who read the actual books and get into all the Star Wars lore, you probably know way more about this than I do. Uh, but uh, the, the key thing is here, uh, there is a way in which 
these Mandalorians are to behave. Uh, there is this way about them. One of the rules that his group of Mandalorians, not all of them, have to follow is that he is not allowed to remove his helmet in front of any other living being. And, uh, and so sometimes in one of the episodes, I ask him, have you ever removed your helmet in front of anyone? And he's like, I have not. And they say, this is the way. And they all repeat, this is the way. And uh, the reason why he is protecting Yoda is because he made a commitment and part of the code of the Mandalorians is honor. And if you make a commitment, you have to uh, stick to that commitment, even if it costs you your life. And so there is this way. And, uh, and all throughout it, they, they repeat this thing. This is the way. Well, I wanted to take that phrase there because maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Um, but the early followers of Jesus were actually called followers of the way. Followers of the way. Before we were called Christians, we were called followers of the way. Now, you might say, why is that? Why were we called followers of the way? Well, that's because uh, there were uh, these disciples, they were apprenticing under Jesus. They were being mentored by Jesus, and they followed, listen, the ways of Jesus. It's as simple as that. They were learning to be like Jesus. They were learning to do what Jesus did and, um, and to be that to their community. And that's the same call that every Christian has today is to follow the ways of Jesus, not just the teachings of Jesus, because I know we especially live in a time where people uh, say they agree with Jesus all the time. But do we live like Jesus and so that's the question for us today. Here's just a couple of little Bible verses I want to share with you from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9 verse 2 uh, says this. Uh, this is actually about the apostle Paul who was Saul and he was hunting down Christians. And it says, and Saul asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way that he would be able to attack them. And later on in Acts 19, 23, it says this, about that time, there arose a great disturbance, not, a, not in the force, no, and that's another Star Wars little nugget for you, a disturbance about the what? The way. Again, this was what they called early Christians, followers of the way, because they followed the ways of Jesus. And so as we start this new year, we want to be fo following the ways of Jesus. And I'm excited for a new year, not because of anything that's gone on this past year, not even because it's necessarily a new calendar year, but simply because I know that God is always working and he's making all of us renewed. And so whether it's a new year or not, I love that we have sort of a new fresh start, but all of us can be made new in Christ daily when we follow the way. So this is the way. So I want you to put this in the chat, the word abide, and then you can put abide. This is the way. Let me tell you about that word abide there. If you're not familiar with it, uh, abide simply means this. It means to live in, to remain, to hang out with, to stay, to continue, to wait, or to live somewhere. If I say I'm abiding at my parents' house, I'm living in my parents' house. Let's say uh, I abide in, in, a, in a Winnebago. That means um, I'm, a, I'm living there. I'm staying there. I'm remaining there. And, and listen, the most important thing you could do in 2021, are you tracking with me? The most important thing any human being could do, but especially people who claim the name of Christ, is to abide in their personal relationship with Christ and, and to continue to get that, that union with Christ closer and closer. Continue to have your roots drawing and drinking from the fountain. Man, as the Bible declares Jesus, he declares himself a fountain of living waters that will cause us to never thirst again. And so if you want to, to have a great 2021, 
the most important thing you can do is to abide, to live and to remain and to spend time with Christ. And, and this is the challenge. This is what John 15 is really all about. The word abide is used there. Some translations, again, say remain and all these sorts of things. But we're going to navigate this chapter of John here. And I want to give you a couple points. Uh, but again, I just want to harp that the, the most important thing you can do for 2021 is to abide. Amen. Put it in the chat. Write it down. Mark it. This is huge for this year and any year. So point number one, you can write this down, some reasons to abide. Number one is you can't, you can't, you cannot bear fruit apart from abiding in God. You can't, you cannot bear fruit apart from abiding in God. What does that mean, you can't bear fruit? It means you can't have a productive life. The, the, the analogy here is like a grapevine and that Christians and people are called to produce fruit. We are called to live fruitful and productive lives. And the Bible makes it very clear, you cannot, I cannot bear any fruit, do anything of any significance, lasting significance in this world, in your job, in your family, apart from abiding in God. This is the singular most important thing any person can do is abide in your relationship with Christ. Just continue to draw near to him. I want to share with you these verses, verses 4 through 5. Verses 4 through 5 say this, abide in me. And I and you, isn't that cool? As a branch cannot, notice the word there, cannot, cannot bear fruit by itself, right? There, there's no just random, uh, you know, fruit not attached to a tree. Out, out, you're not just walking down the street and see a random strawberry not attached to something, a random pear or apple. No, as, as, as listen, the fruit can't bear fruit uh, without being attached to the, the tree or the vine there. And then it says this, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you what? Finish it for me. Abide in me. Then the next verse, verse 5, says this. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears what? Much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Shout it out. You can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't have this verse memorized, may I encourage you to memorize it. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know what I did? I looked up that word in the Greek there uh, and, 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 the, and the original language of the Bible to see what it actually truly meant because sometimes when you dig into the original languages of the Bible, you just find a rich mine of all kinds of stuff. And, and I looked at that word, uh, the, the Greek word for nothing, and I was hoping maybe it would give some clues here. You want to know what it meant? It meant nothing. That's it. That's the definition. I was hoping maybe it would mean, like, apart from me, you can do a little teeny bit, right? Or maybe, apart from me, you can do a smidgen, just like a, just like a little dusting, like a little fairy dust, right? No, didn't mean a smidge, didn't mean a dust. It meant nothing, plain and simple, Greek, nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is the truth of the Word of God. Man, apart from Christ, I have no power on my own to do anything anything valuable in life and neither do you beloved and so this is why it's so important before you get to doing things we need to be with Christ as I've often said as I've heard it from somebody else we are human beings not human doings and so I know we love and I love to make my list for the new year I love to get my list of books I want to read, uh, of the things I want to accomplish and to make my resolutions or whatever you want to call them but before you get to that list, we need to remember, we need to be with Christ 
more than we accomplish any tasks. Oh my goodness, my wife put this quote on our board the other day from uh, theologian Dallas Willard, and it says this, the greatest thing about you is not what you accomplish. The greatest thing about you is not what you accomplish, but the kind of person you become. And the kind of person you become when you abide is like Christ. We start to become like Christ, and then we start to do what Jesus has done. And we do that in our community, in our neighborhood, and the world needs more of Jesus. Amen? So apart from me, you can do nothing. Number two, reasons to abide here. What are the reasons to abide? Number two is this. It proves you are truly a Christian. Number two, it proves you are truly a Christian. This is a very clear point here. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 goes on uh, to say this in John 15. It says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so what? Prove, prove to be my disciples. Jesus would use this analogy all the time. He would say a good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. He would say, you've never walked up to, uh, you know, a, a date uh, tree or a date bush. I don't even know what it, what, it, what a date grows on. Uh, actually, the, the, the fruit he was talking about was figs. There we go. I had to get my brain in the right century and the right location, you know. And, um, and, you know, you never see figs growing something else, pears. You know, you never see a, um, uh, an apple tree growing oranges, right? That doesn't exist because uh, you know what kind of tree it is by its fruit. And so, Listen, the Bible says when you're abiding in Christ, you will bear fruit, the fruit of Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's from Galatians 5. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's proof that Christ is really in us. I'm not saying you're perfect because, listen, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But I know this, that Christ is changing me from who I used to be. I'm not all that I should be. But I'm certainly not who I used to be before I knew Christ. And so it proves that I'm a Christian. Number three, reasons to abide. Number three is this. You're already, you're already loved, accepted, called, chosen, and a friend of God. Listen to me now. You are already loved, accepted, called, chosen, and a friend of God. So why is this underneath the reasons? Of to abide, we're not saying get into the Bible and spend time with God so that He will like you more. We're not, we're not saying He will He will approve of you more. You will get in His favor. You will get in His special little camp. You will have a seat at the right hand of God. You you will be first in line. You get to ride shotgun. You will be in His special group. You'll be closer to heaven than the rest of people. We are not saying that by doing these things, you're going to be any. Special character. All Christians are the same. You're already loved by God as much as he will ever love you. You're already completely accepted because of what Christ did on the cross. You are already called. You are already chosen. And God calls you a friend and his child already. And so you're not doing this for acceptance. You're doing this because you're already accepted. Because you want to get to know this perfect father that has loved you and all of your mess and all of your mistakes. Love me and all of my mess and all of my mistakes. Let's look at a couple verses here uh, from the text. Look at verse 3 in John chapter 15. He says this, already, already, what? Say it out loud on your, uh, on your couch in your bedroom. Already you are clean 
That's spoken to every Christian. You are clean. Doesn't matter what you did this morning, what you did last night. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you, not because of your good deeds. Already you are clean. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 goes on to say this. As the Father has loved me, think about the Father loving Christ. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. All of the love of the Father is on you. His eyes are on you. And he says, abide, abide in my love. What, what, are we, what is this whole thing about here? This abide, this is the way. This is all about this is all about you abiding in God's love, Man, just basking in his love. That's what God wants from you every day. Like God is just saying, listen, I want to pour out my love to you. Just sit with me. Just sit in my love. Hang out there. Remain. On. Don't go out into the world that is going to chew you up and spit you out and, and try to judge you and accept you based upon your performance without being first accepted, loved, called and chosen by me and know who you are, know your identity. And that it doesn't matter what anybody says about you, your creator loves you and has called you and chosen you and given you a purpose. Man, don't go out there and and do that. So he's abide, abide in my love. And then look with me at uh, verse uh, 15 and uh, 16. It says this, no longer, no longer do I call you servants for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have called you what? Friends. Man, we used to sing this song in church and maybe we'll sing it one week. I don't know, but it's called I'm a friend of God. Oh my goodness. It's an oldie, but it is a goodie. I'm a friend of God. And what an incredible thing that the God of the universe would call me his friend. That is mind blowing. I've called you friends. And then verse 16 goes like this. For all that I have heard, you did not choose me, right? You did not choose me, but I chose you. You're chosen. You're chosen. You did not choose me. Listen to me. And this is the story of all Christians. We didn't choose God. He first chose us, but I chose you. And I chose you because I wanted you. Remember when you used to pick teams when you were a kid? If you did that when you were a kid, I don't know if kids still do that for anything, uh, for COVID games, kind of like reindeer games. Uh, You know, do people pick sides? But, man, you never want to get picked last because you're like, I guess we'll take him. You just feel like nobody wanted me. Christ is saying, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Man, you're already loved and chosen, so you're not abiding. You're not spending time reading the scriptures this year so that God will approve of you more, that he will like you better. No, you're just getting to know your father a little better. You're just basking in more of his love. You're just gaining nutrients and gaining strength. And so that's what abide. This is the way is all about. This is the way we live if we are Christians. This is our code. We want to abide in God. Before we get doing things, we want to make sure we know who he is. And so those are some reasons to abide. Let me give you some of the results from this text of abiding, the results of abiding. Number one is this, answered prayer, answered prayer. It's really clear in the text here uh, that uh, God answers our prayer when we are abiding and we have the mind of Christ. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for what? For you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Then if we look at the next verse, verse 16, you skip a couple lines down there, says this. Again, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I pointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. And this reminder here of, of what we have in Christ and, um, and, and, and navigating uh, his great and tremendous love for us. Uh, 
And, and, and he's talking about, and that's the rest of the verse 16. I was trying to find it in my Bible there. The print was a little small. But the rest of verse 16 says this, so, I, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, some people, of course, have abused this uh, up and down throughout centuries. People love to abuse the scripture. I can ask for whatever I want. I can ask for a private jet. I can, I can um, yeah, they, they treat God. Here's another little uh, free um, movie uh, thing for you from Wonder Woman 84. They treat God like a wishing stone. They treat God like uh, Aladdin and the genie, and I can get wishes from God, and he can just do whatever I want. And, it, and if that's how you view God, you, you greatly misunderstand the fact that he is Lord, meaning he is in control, and he doesn't do what we want. Uh, no, it's quite the opposite. Uh, but listen, when we abide in God, what happens to us is, is we have the mind of Christ, and we begin to ask for things that are already the heart of God and the mind of God. We don't start asking for silly stuff for our own selfishness, for our own pride, for our own ego to, to just grant our desires. No, the things we start asking for are things that line up with the Father's heart. And, uh, and so we start to see our prayers get answered because we're praying not selfish prayers anymore. No, we're, we're praying things that are right in line with the heart of God, with the word of God. And so, yes, God does answer prayer, absolutely. And, um, and when you abide in God, the more you abide in him, the more you spend time with him, the more you know his heart and his mind. And so that's number one for, um, you know, results of abiding. Number two for results of abiding is this, fullness of joy, fullness of joy. We've been talking about joy for a while at our church. We, we were studying the book of Philippians uh, in the kind of the late fall. And, um, and then even with um, Christmas time and our Advent series, we had a week on joy. And this is one of the key texts uh, that we really didn't look at because we were just navigating the book of Philippians. But this has always been one of my favorite uh, verses is John 15 uh, and verse 11. Verse 11 says this, these things I have spoken to you, these things I've spoken to you, all the things that Jesus has been telling us about here in this passage, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be what? Full. That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Think about Jesus. Who is more joyful than Jesus? Again, if you don't picture God and Jesus as people that are filled with joy, you've got to get your theology corrected because he is the happiest, most joyful being in the universe. He is the happiest and most joyful being in the universe. And he says that my joy may be in you. So all of the joy of heaven and the infinite God gets poured into our lives if we'd receive it so that our lives our joy would be full. Imagine God just pouring from his infinite pitcher, pitcher like drink pitcher, right? And, um, and it's just overflowing into our lives. And so a result of abiding is that I get more joy in my life. The more time I spend in the presence of God and I abide with him, he fills me with joy. It's when I go out into this crazy world that, uh, that I, I, I just get attacked and uh, man, and, and my joy uh, tries to get taken from me. And, and I hope you know, no one can take your joy. We've, we've got to give it away. And, um, and so look, we get fullness of joy. That's number two. Number three is this. Results of abiding is that I get power. I get power to do what's most important. I've got power to do what's most important. In 2021, we need some power to carry out what God has called us to do. We need some power to do what is most important. Look at verses 12 through 13. It says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment. In fact, Jesus would say uh, in, in a different gospel, this is the most important commandment. 
that we love others. That we love others as he has loved us. And then verse 13 says this. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Listen to me now. Loving people is the most important thing you can do. It's the most important command. It's, it's what's going to last. And so, but we can't love people in our own strength. I can't love you as a church. I can't love my neighbors. I can't love my spouse. I can't love my kids if I first don't have the love of God poured into me. Because in myself, in, in my flesh, it is, it is sinful and, and selfish and egotistical and arrogant. And, and I will try to love people so that I can get them to do what I want them to do, right? You know how you, you, you do things for someone else? Like, okay, if I do this for you, you'll do it for me. If, if I do the dishes, then you'll cook dinner, right? And we got these like little agreements instead of, you know, just being so filled up with the love of God that I just love people without any expectation of getting something in return. And, and so this is the most important thing. And I'll have power to do that when I spend time with God, when I abide. This is the way. This is the way. When I abide in God, I now have power to do that. And then fourthly is this. This results in a legacy that will last forever. A legacy that lasts forever. A legacy that lasts forever. I did a funeral just last week for one of our beloved saints here, Mr. Solomon Avin Cooley. He was 98 years old, just a pillar in his own family, a pillar in his uh, church here at Plaza. One of Part of the reasons I came to faith in Christ is because of his example of walking with Christ and studying the scriptures and just walking with God. And, uh, and man, he, he left a legacy for his family that has impacted his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, and will continue to impact for generations. He's left something called a legacy. And we, we think about the word legacy at funerals, but we don't think about it, you know, now. And, and I want to challenge all of us. Think about your legacy now, and you will leave a legacy down to your grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren based upon what you do now. You are setting the stage for their lives. You are setting and becoming a model for their lives based upon what you do now. And how do you do this? You do it not by accomplishing some great feat and, 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 and you know, giving millions of dollars away to the poor. God might call you to do that. You don't, you, don't, you don't do it by um, getting your name on a billboard. Um, you don't do it by necessarily serving in the church and, and, and you know, being a part of um, our food pantry or uh, several other ministries that we have. That's, that's not how you do it. You do it first by abiding in Christ, getting strength from him. Look at verse uh, 16. It says this, verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you, or I gave you a purpose, that you should go and what? Bear fruit, and that your fruit should what? Abide. That's talking about legacy. It's talking about lasting, that your fruit would last. And listen to me now, there are only two things that are going to last for eternity, only two that are eternal in this world. Okay? Everything else, my car, clothes, your, your, your pictures, I, I hate to tell you this, you know, all the pictures in Google and, and, and iCloud and every other place, they're all going to vanish one day. Um, uh, all of our technology, all these buildings, this church building, our homes, uh, your garden, uh, your, they will all perish. Two things will last forever. One is the scriptures, which claim to be eternal. And the other thing is souls, other human beings. Every human being will exist forever in one of two places, spend eternity forever in heaven or in hell. The Bible is very clear about this. Jesus, the kindest, most joyful being, is very clear about this. And, um, and so listen to me now. What am I trying to say? 
If you want to leave fruit that lasts, again, we talk about legacy. Your car won't last, your income won't last, your house, your pictures won't last. But the things you do in love, the fruit, that will last forever. That goes on for eternity. Jesus said, a cup of cold water given in my name, that person will not lose their reward. And so when we invest in others' lives, we leave fruit that abides. But listen, we can't invest in others' lives if we haven't been invested in abiding in Christ. And so I want to encourage you with that. All right, so with the few remaining minutes, I want to give you some very practical steps here because I love practical things. And then as we let you know earlier, we're going to participate in the Lord's Supper. And, uh, and so if you didn't get a chance to get those uh, elements ready when uh, Donnie uh, mentioned that, you might want to make a quick grab to, to get whatever elements you have. Some crackers and juice would be great, but use whatever you have. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. But let me give you some very basic plans you can start to put into motion now, this week, because we're talking about abiding. This is the way. The plan here is this. It's really practical, is that we want to spend time and presence with God. Time and presence with God. We're going to leave this slide up just for a moment, because I know it's a lot uh, to write down, but um, let me encourage you, uh, if you're watching on our website, there is a notes section. All these notes here will, will be in there. You can copy and paste them. You can go back. Uh, you can check them out, and we'll put them in the description box, actually, uh, if you watch this at a later date. Uh, but so, practical. All you're doing is spending time in presence with God. It's as simple as this is. You spend time in presence with someone in your family, you spend time in presence with God. We're talking about abiding. So what do you got to do? You've got to have a plan. That's the first P, a plan. And it's better to be successful in small amounts and develop a rhythm or a habit. And so maybe it's just going to be five minutes, the first part of your day. You're not going to touch your phone. You're not going to do anything else. You're going to spend time in prayer and and in God's word, right? And, And so do that. That make it. I'm not telling you what to do. I don't, I don't know how many minutes you need to spend, uh, but, but get in God's word and make a plan. Some questions you need to ask is how? How, how are you going to do this, right? Um, and what do I mean by that is what will you, you know, what will you be reading? Um, will you read uh, a whole chapter of the Bible? Do you have a devotional book? <clears throat> May I suggest to you the daily bread? Uh, we have these at the church. If you want to contact us and pick some up, we'd love for you to pick them up. We'll leave them outside, actually, in our door. You can pick them up. If you don't get off work till late when our offices are closed, get you one, right? It's online, too, right? There's an online daily bread. It'll get emailed to you. There are a billion things out there. Um, uh, Alexa will read to you a chapter from the Bible. You, just, you can say, Alexa, right? I'm, I'm saying this in your house right now. Alexa, right? Will it turn on? And um, you can get it to enable the Bible app and, and read uh, a chapter a day, right? There's the Bible app, which is I highly recommend. And they have a, a daily verse every day and a little thing with a video and it takes you through some breathing things and just how, what, what will you use? And, and again, I always suggest less is more, right? Be successful with a small piece than trying to read. Um, I love the Bible reading plans. I've used them. I've, I've read through the Bible in a year. I, I, if, go for it. But I usually end up reading in the Bible through about four years because I'd rather take it slow and really digest what God is teaching me. So pick that. How? What are you going to use? And get it ready. Get it ready the night before. Okay, how? Um, and then, then is, you know, where? Where will you spend time with God? You need a place that's going to be distraction-free, right? If for you and your house, there's, there's kids, there, there's, there's people everywhere, there's roommates that bother you, and, and the bathroom is the only sacred place you can go, well, then go in the bathroom, right? And um, if, if your closet is the only sacred place, if it's your car on the way to work, then, then make that, right? But make your plan. Make it today, right? Where? And then when? When are you going to do this, right? When you wake up in the middle of the day, uh, after you have some coffee, right? I know some people are like, Pastor, I can't get going without any coffee first. I need to get coffee going. And listen, 
This is not the first thing I do. I've got to get my body moving. Um, so I, I stretch. I do some little basic calisthenics. I do some things because if I didn't do that, I would be reading my Bible just like this. I would fall right back asleep early in the morning because I get up early and I don't want to wake anybody else up and I need some quiet in the house. And so how or what and where and when, those are some good questions to ask and make that your plan. All right, number two is practice, practice. What are you going to put into practice? Here are some things I'm going to give you. And again, we'll leave the slide up a little bit longer so that you can write these down. The main idea is simply time and presence with God. So in your practice, what are you going to include? Here are some suggestions to help you. You might include, uh, I mean, uh, the scripture. And again, be successful in small amounts. And let me encourage you to maybe even memorize some verses. We have a a yearly memory sheet. Uh, We are just finished it at at our house, or or we'll be finishing it today. um, We actually encourage our kids to do this. We do it as as a family around the dinner table, and we repeat these verses when we have dinner together. It gives us something to talk about. And and so we have a memory verse sheet. I have um, this one up here, and so we can... Actually, we're going to put that link in the chat as well. So you can download that, or you can pick that up here at church at your leisure, or if you want to pick one up. But also, it'll be in our weekly email, and so we'd love for you to do that. Uh, And of course, if you texted us earlier... Uh, the word connect, uh, that'll be something we'll send out to you. Um, and so it's a download, easy, just one verse a month, right? Scripture, less is more, um, and do that. Uh, you might include some songs. You might include some great worship music, like, like we just listened to, or whatever style of music you like. But maybe you're going to spend some time singing in your time with God. It's a way to abide with God. Uh, maybe that is added on. Maybe you spend some time in the Word in the morning, and then on your drive to work, you're cranking up some music, or while you're uh, working out or vacuuming or whatever you're doing, and you include that. You need some songs there. And then another one is Sabbath. This is a great way to abide in God. We've got to have our brains defragmented and, and unfrazzled from this crazy world we live in. I heard somebody say, you know, with all the news cycle and all that stuff, you know what they call it? They call it breaking news. Do you know why they call it breaking news? I'll let you fill it in, right? Because it just breaks you down, right? Breaking news is, is, I mean, why did they come up with this name, right? And so we've got to have slow down time where we get away from everything and we have a Sabbath. We're not uh, working. We're not doing all kinds of stuff, but we are resting. We are enjoying our family. We are enjoying reading and slowing down. We're moving at the pace of grace. And we're going to unpack some of these things throughout this month, right? We're going to spend a month abiding and learning some of these practices and, and hopefully creating what the ancient Christians called a rule of life. And then you want to create just a little bit of sacred space. And this is anywhere from 30 seconds, 30 seconds to you know, nine or 10 minutes. And, uh, and so sacred space is just like a daily. You just might need a daily pause, just a few deep breaths in your car uh, when you get home from work, or maybe because you're working at home, right? It's a few deep breaths before you get up out of your chair and go to see the people that you've been angry at because you're trying to Zoom work and they're you know, being a distraction. I don't, I don't know what, how it looks, right? Uh, but take a few seconds just to pause. Uh, maybe it's uh, finding something to delight in. And again, not, not um, you know, um, you know, cheap things, but nourish, things that nourish your soul, not, not temporary fixes, right? We, a, a temporary fix is scrolling, but things you can really delight in. Maybe it's a bath. It, it's unplugging. Uh, maybe it's uh, nature. Maybe it's just getting out um, and doing some things you love, sewing uh, or being with your kids or walking around, um, d- those sorts of things. That's a sacred space. And the last P I want to give you here is uh, persevere, is persevere. 
So we have a plan that we have, what are some things you can do to put into practice and then persevere. And by persevere, we, we mean this, is that you will miss days. Um, you will miss days. You will have days where you don't get in and you don't abide in God. It happens to me. It happens to all of us. You will miss days. But listen, God is not in the pressure to be this perfect person. God is not in that. God is not angry with you. He's simply calling you. Listen to me now. He's calling you to abide with him. He's saying, listen, my love is over here. I got an infinite amount of love that I want to pour out on you. I've got an infinite amount of peace and grace I want to give you. Come hang out. Come enjoy it and, uh, and enjoy and sit in my presence. And so persevere. Just keep going. You're going to miss days. You're going to miss weeks. It's going to happen. But just keep going. God is, is, is not disappointed in you because of that. You will be the one lacking, and I will be the one lacking, but just persevere through it. And so as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, again, I hope you had a chance to get your elements there. Um, I, I just can't think of any better way really to close the service talking about abiding. This is the way than being at the Lord's table. Amen. Be, because what is the Lord's table really all about? The Lord's table is really all about this. It's about God wants our company. It's, it's, it's an intimate connection with the, with the, the bread and the wine or, or the crackers and the juice. It's an intimate connection with the, with the physical elements that God has given us to remember him. It's an invitation to his table. It's not just crackers and juice. It, it, it came as the Passover meal. Jesus said, sit down with me and have a meal with me. Jesus still wants to do it with you. And so he's an invitation to the table. And listen, the invitation to the table is not a reward for the godly. No, it's not a reward for the godly. It's, it's, it's an invitation to the broken like me and like you. It's an invitation to sit with God and to feast and, and to enjoy his company. It's food. When someone invites you over for dinner, they want your presence. They don't want anything from you. I hope not, right? Well, that's not why you invite people over for dinner. They just want to get to know you better. That's what, that's what abiding is really all about. So let's take uh, the elements together. If you have your cracker, I'll invite you to grab that. As we take the, the cracker or, or, again, whatever you're using, the Bible tells us there, there's no salvation power in this. This is a symbolic reminder. A symbolic reminder of what? Of the body of Christ. That, that God came from heaven and he put on flesh. He put on a body so that he could be with us, so that he could abide with us. So as the scriptures say and remind us that as he took the bread, he gave thanks and then he broke it. And he gave it to them. He said, take this and eat and do this in remembrance of me. Let's take it together. And if you grab the juice or whatever you have on hand, the Bible says, again, the this is a symbolic reminder. No salvation power in this. This doesn't make you a super Christian by drinking this. But it's that reminder of, of being close and abiding with Christ. And so the Bible says this, that the, the, the cup, the cup is a symbolic reminder of a new covenant, a new agreement God wanted to make with us because our sins were keeping us out of a relationship with God. Be, because sin is an, an absolute horrific affront and attack on God. We couldn't be near him. We couldn't come into his immaculate presence the beauty and the holiness of God trampling with the mud and, and, and nastiness of our sins, right? We couldn't enter the throne room like that. But, oh, the blood of Christ has, has cleansed us. 
He says, I'm making a new agreement that your sins won't keep you from anymore. I've made a payment for your sins. So it says, again, the same way he said he took the cup. When he took the cup after uh, the meal, he gave thanks. And he gave it to them and he says, take and drink. This is for you. And so let's take it together, family. So this week, your goal is to abide, to create that plan. Again, the notes are there, and you can come back and look at them. I want to encourage you to do that, whatever it takes. This is the way that Christians, this is our code. We, we don't do things in our own strength. We do things by abiding in God. If you're watching this, and uh, you're, you're a person who's like, ah, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but I don't, I don't know about this whole relationship with God thing. I'm just checking out church. Well, well, again, welcome. Thank you. Keep checking it out. We'd love to help you understand what all this means. We'd love to invite you and let you know that God is inviting you into not a religion, but into a relationship with him. That just in the same way you have a relationship with other people, you have a relationship with God, you get to talk to him. And I'm reminded uh, again, and I want to remind you that that this is about a love relationship with God, that God is head over heels in love with you. As I used to have a pastor say, he's not mad at you, he's mad about you. And that God, and, and here we are just off of Christmas, a, a week or so off of Christmas, uh, which is celebrating the fact that Christ came to earth to save us. And as one writer and theologian said this, he says, Christmas means that God has gone to infinite lengths to be with you, to be with me. And what does God want from you? Well, it's really simple. He doesn't want anything from you except for two things. He wants you to give him, number one, your sin, give him your sin. Admit that you have done wrong. Give him your sin and then give him your seat. Give him your seat on the throne of your life and invite Christ to be on the seat of the throne of your heart. The throne, meaning the control center. Give him your life and let him have control. Give him your sins and, uh, and take that and Christ will save you. Uh, if you'd like to do that, God has been speaking to you. However, uh, you, you know he's been calling you just as we read earlier that God first chose us, or just as we read earlier, that greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. God saw you as a friend, and he laid down his life to pay for your sins so you wouldn't have to pay for them. So if that's you, and uh, we'd love to have you uh, join us in this prayer, you could repeat it after me, and um, you could do that right where you're sitting, uh, on the quietness uh, of, of your couch there. You might want to pray something like this. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, I admit that I've sinned against you. I admit that I've sinned against you. God, I'm sorry for my sins. God, I'm sorry for my sins. And God, I give them all to you. God, I give them all to you. Please take them from me. Please take them from me. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you rose again on the third day. I believe that you rose again on the third day. And right now, Jesus, I give you my life. Right now, Jesus, I give you my life. Sit on the throne of my life and take control. Sit on the throne of my life and take control. And thank you for inviting me to the table. Thank you for inviting me to the table. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, love for you to let us know in the chat. There's a little raise your hand mark. Uh, Just helps us be able to connect with you better. Again, not a way to spam you. We want to help you grow in your faith, help you take your next steps. Baptism is a next step uh, after salvation because that, that helps you identify publicly. It says, man, go into the water. My old life is dead and gone, and God has raised me. Raise me. 
to be a brand new creation. You can do that. <laughs> Listen to me now. Not just on New Year's, you can do that <laughs> any time of the year. It's, it's New Year's, so that's a great analogy. But people get made new all throughout the year when they come to Christ. So church family, we love you. Continue to abide because this is the way. Love you.